The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the ends of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast. I am Daniel Savage, joined here with Scott Reiner and Jarek Oxendine. And we're here continuing to answer uh, your questions. I think actually this is the last episode of uh, Ask Me Anything, where we've taken some of your questions and just had a conversation about them. The idea here is just to talk in general about the topic, try to give some categories, maybe some biblical principles for you to think through. If you've been listening along with us, you know that we don't have definitive answers for much, <laughs> but hopefully some helpful ideas. Um, and so uh, this this episode, we're digging into a really important question, I think, um, a question that I have been hearing more and more often uh, over the last couple of years, which is one of the things I want to talk about um, as we get started. But uh, the question is, how can I help my child who is dealing with anxiety? So I get this question uh, more frequently than I ever have before and uh, seems to be a growing problem. So that's my first question to you guys, Scott and Jarek. Um, and this is, of course, just our opinions that we're sharing here in the beginning. Hopefully we'll get to something more uh, su- uh, substantial than that later. But um, do, is anxiety a growing problem? And if so, why? That's my first question. Yes. It absolutely is. And I think even in my own life, I felt anxiety increase and creep up. Um, Since when? Like, I I think uh, as an adult. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I do think after college um, and starting to question, uh, like, what am I going to do with my life? And, uh, you know, how is it going to work out? And I think there's just new things that you're starting to transition to um, that, was under parents' authority, um, and you know leadership, um, and so I feel like there there is an increase every time you hit a new stage. Um, I think there's increased um, anxiety, but I would say uh, across the board, I think with um, counselors, uh, I th- on uh, it's better. I was watching YouTube video the other day, and there's uh, constant counseling websites and articles that are even being posted. Uh, I don't even know the statistic, but I. I could imagine that being higher and higher, but people who are just uh, reaching out and needing help for anxiety, depression, uh, I just think because of either, like we've said before, busyness and burnout um, or just uncertainty, especially going coming out of COVID, um, I think a lot of that has just increased across the board. Mental health is a big one uh, topic that I feel like everyone wants to talk about and um, find insight into understanding themselves and why they're experiencing what they're experiencing. So I would say yes, for sure. I would echo that and say, yes, I think that all of those things Jared, that you just said, it leads to just the fact that our society and culture and world is so much more interconnected than it was 20 years ago. And the fact that, you know, most people have a smartphone by the time they're probably 11, 12 at the latest probably is probably the average, at least maybe below that. So like just even, you know, middle schoolers, they know what's going on around the world at all times. Whereas I wasn't like that. Um, I didn't know those things. You know, my mom and dad told me a few things and I read the newspaper and I mean, there was TV back then, but just with the internet and social media and phones, like we're just aware of everything that's going on and, and it's not always pretty. And so that I think anxiety is there because we know there's social pressures from, 
our friends and then just the world in general of all the events going on around the world that we just people are aware of yeah i i think that i think those are good answers i agree i you know just anecdotally um i i've been hearing recently that it's really hard to find a counselor right now that isn't totally booked you know that's taking new clients uh, that's not something i've never heard before um i've also just you know, like i mentioned the number of parents and individuals coming to me asking for help um, regarding anxiety or their kid uh, having anxiety, struggling with that. Um, and yeah, just uh, even, you know, talking to a college student recently about their experience and the number of their friends that are experiencing anxiety. And just, and I'm, you know, I've been, I was in college 20 years ago, which is, it's hard for me to say that actually, but, um, so old. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't, I was telling, you know, I was telling him, I don't, I don't remember one of my, I don't know if they just didn't know how to articulate it, but I didn't have any friends that said they were dealing with anxiety. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's a growing incident, uh, incidents, uh, growing number of incidents. I, I think there's a, there's a growing number of people struggling with anxiety. I think there's also a growing awareness of what anxiety is. I think all those things are kind of coming together to um, kind of, create, you know, this seems like this overwhelming, you know, number of people who are dealing with anxiety. So, uh, as we think about that, um, I am, uh, just going to go out on a limb and say that I'm guessing that there are parents listening to this podcast who are struggling with anxiety, uh, on various levels. Uh, and then there are also, I'm certain parents who are trying to help their kids who are struggling with anxiety. So, um, as we begin to think about that, um, in thinking about some of the things that we can do, I, I think, uh, one of the ideas that I kind of find myself often sharing is that, um, anxiety is not something that we should just accept as our part of our normal experience. I feel like that's part of maybe the world's narrative right now is that, yeah. oh, anxiety is just part of life. We just have to learn to manage it. And I want to I want to be sure to kind of squarely place it in the framework of um, a fallen world. That anxiety is something that is only a part of our lives because we live in a fallen world, and so it's not something that we should accept as just this is the normal part a normal part of the human experience. It it is something I think to battle uh, and to fight against, push back on would kind of be some of the language that I would use. Um, and I'm going to read these verses and then I want to, um, spend a chunk of our time talking about this, this passage. And then at the end, I want to just share a few kind of practical things that I think you could do with your kid to apply some of this. But, um, Philippians four, uh, starting in verse four, this is what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I think uh, Paul has given us, in this one passage, a few different things um, that, that will help us fight against anxiety. Um, the first being there in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So um, 
Paul is instructing us to rejoice in the Lord, uh, to find joy in him. And so that's really important. So it's not just rejoice. Hey, just rejoice, be joyful all the time, but it's rejoice in the Lord, um, which is really important. So there's like this awareness of who the Lord is, that I'm running to him, that I'm rejoicing in him. That's a key. And then uh, the next one, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. I think that's, um, I think he's getting into the idea of imitating God there. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. So in other words, let them see uh, this nearness that you have to God in your conduct and your behavior that you're like him. Um, and then he says, the Lord is at hand. That's another, a whole other thing, like a whole other tool there to use. Like this idea that the Lord is near um, it is a remedy for anxiety. And then that instruction, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And even in that, a couple of more tools that you can use um, being prayer uh, and, and thanksgiving, uh, things that, that would uh, help you fight against anxiety. So as you think about those things um, and you think about Paul's prescription here of some things that we would do to battle against anxiety, um, what are some of the reasons that we tend to fall into anxiety um, and maybe some of the traps that cause that? I think a lot about control, like mm. so much of our world, the chaos of it. I mean, you talk about the fallen nature of humanity in our own lives, like we are constantly spinning out of control. Like sin makes us out of control. And one of the things I think we want to do is, we often want control. And so, I mean, I see this in my own life that it's hard for me to believe God is in control when, you know, there's chaos and disruption around me and there's uncertainty about the future. You know, I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like and I want control of those things. I want to be the one who's, you know, making the decisions. And so just walking by faith and surrendering, like, God, I'm not in control like you are. I mean, it's a hard thing to do. And I think it's a really hard thing to teach our kids that. Yeah, I think that question of asking, like, where is God in all this when we feel the effects of sin and suffering and pain and uh, having a lot of questions, like like, like he said, talked about being in control. I think it also, like, our minds are typically more consumed with the things of the world versus the things of the Lord. And I feel like that's a that's a big one. Like, if I, if I really remind myself of who God is and what he's promised me, mm. it really helps when those times where it's like, yeah, like Scott said, I see this on the news or I'm ex- experiencing this. Mm-hmm. And so really one, you know, what we're feeding starts to feed into our, like our minds, heart and soul. And I feel like that also allows us to start questioning even more. Um, and so I think that's a big promise, like for Matthew six, when we see that God has promised um, to take care of, of the birds of the air and the lilies in the field and how he's dressed them and how much more would he take care of us? Like I, it's unbelief when we don't really believe those promises. Uh, but again, I think it's because we put our minds on the things of this world versus the things of what um, God has promised us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, you guys are uh, hitting on some huge, I think aspects of anxiety uh, control being maybe one of the biggest, uh, just that idea that I, it, a lot of us spend our lives trying to, protect an illusion of control that 
um, that we're in control. We, we do that, you know, by seeking the right education, trying to get the right job, trying to make sure our retirement accounts are in the right place. We do all these things to try to create a layer of insulation to protect, you know, and, and some of this is right and good. You know, you, you, you want to have insurance if you can afford it. You want to, you know, try to, to provide some of those protections, but anxiety comes in when inevitably we realize that regardless of how many precautionary steps we've taken, this is a precarious world and we're not in control and we could lose everything in a moment. Um, and so life has a way of reminding us of that. And every time we're reminded of that, I think it's anxiety producing. Um, if we've been trusting in those measures that we've been taking to try to create control ultimately though, I mean, that's what he's getting at here when he says in verse five, the Lord is at hand. That's, that's what's supposed to be the cure of our anxiety is that it's not up to me. God is with me. The Lord is at hand. He is here. He is with me. Um, which ties into that, that whole idea of prayer and supplication. Like God is here. He's at hand, which means I can offer my request to him. I can trust that, Like he says in, in Hebrews, he is an ever present help in times of trouble. There's, that's a Psalm too. What Psalm is that? <laughs> Psalm, Psalm 46. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So ever present help. Like he, he's always there with me, which is what Paul is driving at. Um, I think another aspect that I is, is sort of um, maybe an underbelly of anxiety is, and it may be a little surprising uh, to people. Um, it really comes out in first Peter, I think um, when he's talking about humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And then he immediately moves into not being anxious. Um, but the idea of pride, uh, pride creates anxiety and, and because what pride is, pride is the idea that I can live without God. Um, and so if I am kind of consciously or subconsciously trying to live without God, it's going to create anxiety in my life. Um, and, and trying to live without God is pride. Uh, it's the pride of man. And so when I humble myself under the mighty hand of God, when I entrust myself to him, it, it eases anxiety, um, and, and like verse seven says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Um, guys, anything you've done personally that has helped you when you're wrestling with anxiety, um, things that have kind of soothed your soul or helped you um, that maybe parents could help their kids to do? Uh, yeah, I'll speak to that. Um, first, like, just always remembering that we're holistic beings. I think this is another thing because like if there's like when I think of students, if there's contributing factors, like we've already talked about in previous podcasts with, um, uh, or episodes of just like, Hey, what lack of sleep, nutrition, different things like that. I know coffee was still a big one for, for me that might contribute to anxiety and stress. Uh, but I think there's, Wait, if you don't have coffee, you're anxious or if you do, I think I, I do oh, <laughs> like man. when I have coffee, like I, I feel the jitters. Okay. Uh, so oh. I can't drink too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But Andy, Oh, who could drink like <laughs> 10 cups of coffee. Um, uh, I, I think there's, it's, it's also recognizing all those contributing factors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even for my own life, I think there's things that I need to rest, 
like to sometimes when it, when it comes to burnout, like my, my schedule is so busy that I just do, 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 do. And it just seems like I, I get to a point where I become even more overwhelmed um, because I've, my whole week has been like that. And it feels like the rest of my life is like that. And so like it can affect at home, personal life, ministry life, et cetera. Uh, so there's times where like I'll go for walks just to like breathe slowly. Uh, definitely um, try to meditate on a certain passage scripture um, to really reflect on my soul and um, cast any burdens. Like you said, Daniel, like with these passages, like, all right, Lord, I'm feeling this burden or I'm feeling anxious about this. And so it just, uh, like I have to speak to my soul like, and I'll talk out loud to the Lord. It's like, I need you to respond to me um, and, and seek out your help. Um, cause he is a ever present help. And so I think those are just initial things that I do and even ask other brothers and sisters in Christ. Like I'll tell my wife, Brittany, that I'm anxious or I'll tell other people that I'm anxious to pray and they'll help me discern like, what are the things in my life that is causing or attributing to it? Um, and so I think that's initial thoughts. What about you, Scott? Uh, a couple of things I think about one, I, mean, I actually came across this verse the other day, just, you know, thinking about anxiety, you know, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And, uh, you know, I'd spend too much time normally self-assessing things, but like just having biblical truths to remind yourself of in the moment, like I was thinking about like, even like this is why scripture memory is so important. Like I've just yeah. been reminded of that over and over in this past year. This is why we have things like our simple daily routine worship guide. Like when I'm struggling to want to read the Bible, like reminding myself that the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. Like that is motivation to read the Bible. When I'm anxious about things, remembering that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, like, so having these biblical truths memorized to fight against certain tendencies is very helpful. You know, a practical thing I think about is a lot of times I get anxious about things like, you know, certain emails give me anxiety, certain text messages give me anxiety. You know, I'm not on social media anymore, but like when I was like, I'd see a post and it'd give me anxiety. And it's like, so having like limits on, you know what, if I see that email at 7 PM, it's going to ruin the rest of my night. Like it would just be better not to look at it and, you know, deal with that yeah. tomorrow. So having like just limitations and some of that stuff to like not distract me from, you know, spending time with my kids um, and stuff like that. So those are a couple of things that have helped me. I think another thing I'm reading, knowing God, uh, J.I. Packer, knowing God with some guys this summer and so he's got a whole chapter on the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, Daniel, you're talking about that verse, the Lord is at hand, like just the the power of the Holy Spirit, which is often forgotten and neglected. Um, I know we're doing a sermon series on the Holy Spirit upcoming here at some point, you know, because this idea like we just forget about the Holy Spirit a lot. And so just remembering you started talking about that. I started thinking about that Shane and Shane song from years ago, be near, oh God, yeah. like just the nearness of God, like a lot of times we just feel like God isn't near and we feel like he's distant because we don't see him. And so just being reminded, like the Holy spirit is with us. Like Jesus said, it is better that I go away so that the, the helper, the Holy spirit can come and feeling alive in the Holy spirit, like is, is confidence and trust to believe that when things seem out of control, like God is literally with us. That's good. Uh, let me, let me run through. Uh, just a few practical things you can do, and then I'm going to recommend a resource. Um, as you're talking to your kids about anxiety, these are something, even thinking about Philippians 4, uh, which we just read, 4 through 7, 
um, and how to apply that. Um, I think, you know, f- the first thing I would say is that you, you, you could work with your son or daughter to identify the concerns in their life that burden their hearts. So in other words, what are the things that cause them to feel anxious and, and make a list of those so that they begin to, to grow in awareness of what's creating that anxiety. Um, and, and that may be difficult. Uh, I will say that there are times when you feel anxious and you can't quite pin down why that is, but whatever insights you can gain will be helpful. So writing down those concerns. Second thing is uh, write those things in the form of a prayer list. Um, so turn your list of concerns into a prayer list. And that's a, that's a, a direct application of Philippians four when it says, um, but in everything, so don't be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So that's just a really tangible way of taking those concerns and turning them into prayers. Um, so, uh, identify the concerns, write them in the form of a prayer list. The third thing, commit to pray about those things at least once a day. Um, so, you know, working with your, um, your son or daughter, probably doing that together at some point, having them do that on their own, but committing to do that once a day. And then, um, instructing them, this is where kind of the the training comes in, instructing them that if anxiety rises in their hearts during the day, pause to consider God's power, God's goodness, and ask him for help. Um, so just helping them to develop that discipline of, hey, when you feel anxious, this is what you should do. Take a second to remember God, that he is at hand, he is good, and you can ask him for help. Um, and then I would definitely say memorize uh, Philippians 4, uh, verses 6 and 7 as uh, something that you could do together. One, one resource that I'll point you to, um, Ed Welch, I think, um, writes the best stuff on anxiety that I have read. Um, he has several different resources, but one that is really uh, kind of, it's a simple, digestible uh, study is When I Am Afraid, uh, a step-by-step guide away from fear and anxiety. So that's Ed, or Edward T. Welch. When I am afraid, a step-by-step guide away from fear and anxiety. And what it is, it's, uh, I can't remember exactly how many weeks, weeks, but it's a six or seven, maybe eight week little Bible study uh, where he goes through seven or eight principles um, that help us to move away from anxiety and fear. So he he talks about the manna principle, you know, the idea that God provides what's needed each day, um, some other things like that. He walks through Philippians 4, um, 1 Peter uh, just some of those big passages. So it's a great little study. Um, it would be easily accessible to, I think, anybody over maybe the age of 10. Yeah. Um, and and if, you're, if you have a child that's anxious under the age of 10, it's, something, it's a study that you could do and probably glean a lot from to be able to kind of offer them in bite-sized chunks. There's so a, There's another one I would uh, recommend. David yeah. Murray has one, Why Is My Teenager Feeling This? feeling like this a guide for helping teens through anxiety and depression so he gives like three different categories like when to ask the right questions so he gives like a right time to do that and then he talks about a right way um so the posture and how you approach those conversations and then gives a helpful resource like you just said of just like certain questions to ask and um steps to take um to help them think through Mm-hmm. how they're feeling. Yeah. And, and there's a, there, he's got one of those four teenagers too. So he's yeah. got one for parents and one for teens. Yeah. Um, that's good. Well, thanks for joining us um, again for these, ask me anything 
um, episodes. If you've enjoyed these, let us know. Maybe we could do this again sometime. If you didn't enjoy it, just keep it to yourself and we'll never do it again. <laughs> uh, but if you, if you enjoyed it, let us know. Um, and tune in next week as we uh, continue on with the Gospel Shaped Home podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home podcast produced by Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.